And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT 
And once again, the Booch is riding solo. And the reason I'm riding solo this week is because uh, John is currently uh, dealing with some wedding planning issues. Um, as you guys know, uh, John and his uh, lovely fiance are getting married later this year. I believe it's sometime in October if I'm not mistaken. And also, he wasn't part of the recap for NXT TakeOver In Your House uh, due to some delays in me getting the recap done, but also because uh, John, at the time, was off celebrating uh, his fiance's birthday, so he was not able to even watch TakeOver In Your House. So John is, and I'll give him credit, really bending over backwards to, uh, you know, make his uh, soon-to-be wife uh, very, very happy. And I know that they are going to have a wonderful, happy marriage. I still don't know why he's involved in the marriage planning. I don't know why uh, the brides insist on having the grooms be part of this. I always thought that was weird because everybody knows that a marriage is the bride's day. The bride makes all the choices and if the groom even disagrees with one thing or thinks that a choice is ridiculous, he usually gets scolded and yelled at. Now obviously, John and his fiance are not your normal couple, so I'm sure that's not happening during this wedding planning, but that's just the theory I have on why I don't think it makes sense for grooms to be involved but he's involved nonetheless he's being a good soon-to-be husband so while john is off taking care of those duties i am here riding solo taking care of nxt and on that note we're gonna jump in uh to nxt and we kick things off with the general manager william regal making his way to the ring the crowd breaks into a please don't leave chant because ever since regal said it's been time for a change rumors have been speculating all over the internet that he's going to resign as the general manager. Regal says he has been with NXT since day one. Regal is already emotional. He literally can't stop crying through this uh, promo. Regal recounts his favorite memories in NXT. Uh, talks about being part of the announce team in the beginning and how he called the first takeover and all the takeovers they went to. Uh, Regal, Regal starts to cry. Regal thanks the NXT universe for supporting the brand. Regal decided that with the chaos that has been going on here, he realized that he has given everything that he has. Karrion Cross and Scarlett interrupt. Cross is laughing on his way to the ring. Cross says they always knew this day would come, but they just didn't know when. They had to come out here and see it and feel it for themselves. Cross asks Regal if he is crying. Cross tells Regal he is pathetic. Cross says he punched a hole through the Mount Rushmore of NXT. Regal must know that Cross can control this place with chaos. Cross demands that Regal say he was right. Cross yells for Regal to say Cross conquers all. Samoa Joe's music hits. Cross looks concerned. Joe makes his way to the ring and says he believes Mr. Regal wanted to speak to him. Regal said yes, but not here. But since Joe is here, Regal offers Joe the role of general manager of NXT. Joe says absolutely not. And Joe says he'll explain. Regal made NXT everything it is today. Joe says Regal Castellan's shadows would be difficult to fill his shoes. He also said that even though Joe made Regal's life a living hell while he was in NXT, he always showed Regal respect. Joe says he won't be general manager, but he can ensure that everyone gives Regal the respect he deserves. Regal says he will take Joe up on his offer, but he has some conditions. One is Joe cannot be an active competitor on the roster, and also Joe, Joe cannot lay a hand on any of the talent unless he is provoked. Joe agrees and they shake hands. Joe says that just leaves one question. Joe gets in cross face and says, Why are you still doing what are you still doing in this ring? TikTok, young champion. Cross backs off and walks out. I loved this segment. 
And the reason I loved it is because we kind of knew William Regal was going to resign. We had heard the rumors on the internet about Samoa Joe being re-signed by Triple H because Triple H was mad that Samoa Joe was let go in the first place because Triple H is very high on Samoa Joe. Uh, We all had a feeling that Joe would be there in some capacity. I would have been intrigued to see what Joe could do as general manager, but I like him in this role better, you know, to ensure that Regal gets respect. Um, He says, Joe can't lay a hand on the talent unless provoked, which is kind of like the Stone Cold thing when him and Bischoff were co-general managers. Austin couldn't hit the wrestlers, uh, the other superstars, unless he was physically provoked. This just says provoked. So I don't know if it's a physical provocation, a verbal provocation, or both. I would love it to be both. Where, you know, if someone physically or verbally provokes Samoa Joe, Joe should be allowed to whoop some ass. I love that. I also love that Cross got in Regal's face because Cross had been kind of a tweener since coming back from injury and winning and regaining the NXT title. So I like the fact they have officially solidified uh, carrying Cross as a heel all over again by having him exhibit heel behavior. I like that. We're finally establishing him as a legit heel, which is what Karrion Cross needs to be. You gotta you gotta pick a side. He's finally picked one. He's a heel, and I like it. I also like the fact that because Regal can't really physically get involved with things because of how old he is, I love the fact that Samoa Joe, if they get physical with him, he can just beat the fuck out of everybody. And I think that's what Joe needs to do. You know, if you're not gonna make Samoa Joe an active competitor, even though a part of me would like to see him as an active competitor preferably on the main roster because i feel like the main roster needs more main event people than nxt does if you're gonna put joe in nxt make him a fucking enforcer for william regal let him be the guy that if shit needs to get taken care of joe's gonna go out there and fuck somebody up joe is gonna kill you i love it i enjoy it i think this is gonna be great for nxt and i look forward to seeing where we go from here And then, of course, uh, after that, we see an impressive promo from the grizzled young veterans about the Tornado Tag Match later on. Uh, Very well done segment. The grizzled young veterans are great on the mic. Can't wait for the tag match. And speaking of tag match, we have another one here. Uh, It's actually our first official match of the evening. Imperium versus Brizongo. This was a great tag team match. It was a TV tag match, but it was amazing. Imperium and Brizongo worked very well together. I also like the fact that Eichner tried to suplex uh, Tyler Breeze, but Breeze turned into a small package for the win. I thought it was a great win uh, for them. It allowed Brizongo to get a victory under their belt because they've been long overdue for a victory. But also, it allows Imperium to not get buried because obviously they want to build Imperium up. So it was a good way to establish two tag teams in one match. I thought it was very, the, the finish was very well booked and very well executed. Other than that, the match itself was great. Uh, Could have did without some of the dives over the top, but uh, that's to be expected with Brizongo. But either way, chemistry is amazing. After the match, Eichner and Barthel attack Breeze. They drop him with the European bomb and then drape an Imperium flag on top of him. I thought it was great. I also like the aerial shot to show... Uh, the flag, and just, it was very well done, you know? Brizano got the win, Imperium kept their heat, it's what you do to keep a rivalry going, and it looks like they want to keep this rivalry going for 
quite a while. Next, we cut to the backstage area where Regal is standing between O'Reilly and Cole, who are being held back by security. Regal tells them both they can that they can fight at the Great American Bash, which is taking place on July 6th, ironically two days after the 4th of July. Uh, O'Reilly leaps onto Cole in the, in the two trade strikes. Uh, he also, uh, Regal also announces that next week they each can pick separate opponents to fight. Uh, Samoa Joe charges in and separates them. Cole pushes Joe out of the way and continues to assault on O'Reilly. Joe takes off his suit jacket and puts Cole in the Kokia clutch. Cole passes out almost instantly. Joe drops Cole and Joe yells at a stagehand to tell Cole when he wakes up, Regal expects his decision. And he kind of leaves Kyle O'Reilly alone. So I like that. I like that Samoa Joe got provoked and I like that Joe choked out Adam Cole. I like that they're establishing that Samoa Joe is not going to take any shit and that we can expect to see a lot of violent shit from him in the future. So I like that. I like that they're establishing that. They're showing it off. They're explaining what Joe's role is going to be and it was just a great segment. And it doesn't hurt Adam Cole because you're getting choked out by Samoa fucking Joe. Next, we cut to the backstage area with Santos Escobar, who complains about Bronson Reed putting him through a wall. Escobar says he wants Reed one-on-one. Escobar promises to be the next North American champion. Now, I have a feeling, I can't remember if they announced it NXT or not, but I have a feeling this is going to happen at the Great American Bash. And if it does, I think Santos Escobar needs to be the North American champion. I think he'd do a better job with it than Bronson Reed would. Um, I like Bronson Reed, but Escobar has a whole better personality. And if he doesn't beat uh, Bronson Reed one-on-one, then you gotta have uh, Oscar Wilde and Raul Mendoza take the tag belts off of MSK. And I don't know if Oscar, I can't remember if Oscar's his first name or not, but I know there's a famous person called Oscar Wilde. I may have fucked that up. I'm sorry. I gotta be honest with you guys. I am half asleep right now at the time that I'm recording this, but I'm trying to get this out to you guys as fast as possible. Because uh, I'm trying not to be late with these uh, recaps because uh, I'm fucking exhausted. So uh, bear with me if I fuck up names or shit like that. If the name's not in front of me, I'm probably gonna fucking fuck it up. But anyway, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have the NXT Cruiserweight Championship Open Challenge. Kushida goes one-on-one against Trey Baxter. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't enjoy this match. This was a waste of time to me. First of all, I'm not a fan of Kushida. I know a lot of NXT fans are. I'm not. You all know that I'm not. But Trey Baxter, they did a video on this guy. And immediately, Trey Baxter said that he takes great pride in being a high flyer. That's already a turnoff for me in wrestling today. The second he said I'm a high flyer and then tried to say I have an innovative style, I highly fucking doubt that. What move in the ring is Trey Baxter going to show me that I haven't already fucking seen from every other spot monkey mark that has stepped in foot inside a wrestling ring? So, before this match could even start, I already didn't give a fuck. And by the end of this match, I was bored as shit. And basically, uh, Kushida rolls Baxter into the hoverboard lock. Baxter taps out immediately. Kushida wins. After the match, Kyle O'Reilly says he doesn't want to accept Kushida's open challenge, but he does want to face him next week. Kushida accepts. Okay, here's my problem right here. Why the fuck would you not want to accept the open challenge? To me, that buries the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Kyle O'Reilly is basically saying that belt is beneath him. And anytime you say a belt is beneath you, you are burying that 
belts. Kyle O'Reilly is definitely at a cruiserweight level with his physique. And let's be honest, Kyle O'Reilly's not going to be the NXT champion, at least not anytime soon. I'm not saying he'll never get it, but it's going to be a long fucking time before Kyle O'Reilly becomes the NXT champion. And because him and Bobby Fish aren't a tag team anymore, I don't see him going for the tag team titles. At best, he might get the North American title, but I don't see him getting inserted in a North American title picture anytime soon. So why not? Why not put Kyle O'Reilly against Kushida and let Kyle O'Reilly be the Cruiserweight Champion? I think that would put a lot of good, positive attention on the Cruiserweight title and I think people would take it more seriously if Kyle O'Reilly had it. It would make the Cruiserweight matches a hell of a lot more watchable because at least you'd have a fucking star with the belt. Because I can tell you right now, Kushida, he ain't a fucking star. And if you think he is, you don't know what a star is. Kushida ain't a fucking star. He's a strong style, no-sell jackass. And on that note... We cut to the backstage area with Frankie Monet, who says she is going to give an encore performance next week. Monet sees Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah. Monet tells them they should leave Robert Stone. He's just holding them back. Stone walks in and Monet says she just told them they need to listen to him more. Uh, I thought this was a great segment. Uh, I like the fact that we're going to see more Monet uh, on NXT because, as I said before, people can say whatever they want about the gimmick, but when the bell rings, it's going to be La Huera Loca, Taya Valkyrie. That's how she's going to wrestle. So I look forward to seeing more of Frankie Monet in the ring. Uh, I want to see who who she's going to face next. I'm very, very intrigued. So next week on NXT, we're going to see that. I hope it builds to something for the Great American Bash because I feel like Frankie Monet is going to be a feature player in this women's division. I strongly believe it. And as far as the Robert Stone brand, I don't see that lasting very long. Uh, clearly, Frankie Monet is probably playing mind games with Robert Stone, which I like. Or she might be trying to get Jesse Kamei and Aaliyah to leave so Robert Stone will represent Frankie Monet and she can have Robert Stone all to herself. Maybe. Now, I don't think it's going to be a romantic way, more of a business way, but either way, it's going to be fun. I like what I'm seeing here with Frankie Monet. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Mercedes Martinez, who says she is the wrong one to mess with. Martinez says the next time Mei Ying won't get a chance to get out of her chair martinez is going to knock ying out of it um great promo by mercedes not sure if i believe it or not i think that this is going to be one of those moments where actions are going to speak louder than words because mercedes got her ass handed to her at takeover so she really has to show that she's a fucking badass because right now she might be a badass but there's a badder ass in this company right now so mercedes is going to have to dig down deep is going to have to show people that she's tough before people will believe her because from a gimmick standpoint she got she got whooped so bad by this fact this Chinese faction that um just her words mean nothing right now and on that note we cut to the uh the uh million dollar championship coronation DiBiase makes his way to the ring the million dollar man he says he's finally found the man who is worthy of carrying the million dollar championship L.A. Knight joins DiBiase in the ring. Knight says it's not often that you get to meet your heroes. Knight says he can't describe how he's feeling right now to be standing with DiBiase. All the pain was 100% worth it. Knight says he had DiBiase's action figure and it came with the million dollar title. He also said that when he backyard wrestled, uh, he would pretend to be the million dollar man. Knight thanks DiBiase. DiBiase says Knight earned it. It will be the honor of his life for DiBiase to officially crown the million dollar champion. DiBiase says it's an honor to do it. 
DiBiase puts a championship belt on Knight's shoulder. Pyro goes off. Knight says, now that he's got everything he wants, it's time to drop everything he doesn't need. Knight decks DiBiase. Knight beats the crap out of DiBiase. He says he's the only million dollar champion. Cameron Grimes hits the ring and makes the save. I loved this segment too. I know a lot of people are thinking, Vinny, you must be really biased. No, I'm genuinely fucking happy. Because just like I said before with Karrion Cross, we have now established LA Knight as a permanent heel. He's not in the middle anymore. Now, I was not expecting him to attack Ted DiBiase, but it was fucking great. And not only did we establish LA Knight as a clear-cut heel, we have now officially established Cameron Grimes as a solid babyface. He's a legit babyface. And Cameron Grimes, who used to get mad at DiBiase, now is going to be DiBiase's friend and is going to be the guy that wants to fight LA Knight for the Million Dollar Championship in honor of the Million Dollar Man. So this rivalry is going to continue, but now we have a clear-cut babyface, we have a clear-cut heel, which means a phenomenal story is about to be told in NXT. This is a storyline I definitely want to follow because it's got two great storytellers, two great athletes, two great promos. I can tell you right now, this rivalry is going to the moon. And that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. And on that note, because of the backstage area where Regal and Joe and security are holding back, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon as Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez make their way to the ring. And we have the next match of the evening. We have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Casey Cantanzaro and Caden Carter, who obviously said that they definitely want to face uh, Candice and Indy for the women's tag team titles. But right now they're taking care of business and they definitely took care of business in this match. Because this is a very well done women's tag team match. Great back and forth action. Great amazing chemistry. Uh, every woman working hard to make this match great. And just everything was fluid and perfect. And in the end, Kai hits the GTK on Kenton Zaro. And they get the win. As well they should. Because she's the because Raquel is the NXT Women's Champion. They just had a great victory over Ember Moon. So they need to stay strong. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I wouldn't mind Raquel being a double champion. I like to see that win the tag team titles. I really would. I think it would do wonders for their career. And it would make their their bond even stronger. And if you don't have any plans for Dakota Kai to turn on Raquel Gonzalez, you might as well make them tag team champions. Or use the loss of the tag titles as a way to split them up and eventually have them fight for the women's title. On that note, we also had a backstage segment with Everrise where they said, Hit Row, the next time you come to someone's door knocking for a taste, you better be ready for someone to answer. Um, this segment was stupid. Everrise is stupid. Hit Row can do better than this shit. And that's all I got to say about that. And on that note, we have an in-ring segment with Io Shirai. Shirai says she is back. Shirai feels good. Shirai is about to tell us who our next target is, but Candice LeRae interrupts. LeRae says since Shirai isn't the unbeatable champion anymore, she needs to go to the back of the line. LeRae says Shirai picked the wrong time to screw with her. Indy Hartwell attacks Shirai from behind. Shirai sends LeRae out of the ring. Shirai blasts Hartwell with a tiger fient kick. LeRae lays Shirai on the table. LeRae tells Hartwell to go up top for the elbow. Zoe Stark hits the ring and makes the save. Shirai springboard dropkicks Hartwell and LeRae at the same time. Okay, this segment was a waste of time to me. Io Shirai tries to cut a promo and sounds like a kindergartner learning how to read. I am back. I feel good. See, spot, run. Spot, runs fast. Run, spot, run. Boring as shit. Then she has to start talking in Japanese because the only way she can sound tough. 
So, boring. Then Candace and Indy try to come out here and save this. But, of course, they get knocked out. Zoe Stark gets involved. And, you know, this is an odd pairing. But we'll see where this goes. I got a feeling this might lead to Io Shirai and Zoe Stark winning tag titles. Because I feel like they want to put a belt back on Io Shirai. And they're going to make her a tag team champion. Since it would be stupid to make her the NXT Women's Champion. Since she held that belt for an insane, unhealthy amount of time. Then we cut to the backstage area with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Who are making their way to Gorilla. MSK is standing nearby eating popcorn. Thatcher takes Carter's bucket of popcorn. Eats some and walks away. Okay, this was weird. This was stupid. But I do hope this leads to a tag team title match where Thatcher and Ciampa win the belts and bitch slap MSK, who I can't fucking stand. Next, we cut to the backstage area where Regal and Joe are interrupted by Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. Gargano gushes over Joe, tells Gargano to get out. Gargano says okay and leaves. Pete Dunne walks in as a stare down with Joe. This was alright. It was funny. It was entertaining. It established Gargano as a heel who's trying to kiss up to Joe now that he knows that Joe's on the roster and can, if provoked, beat the fuck out of everybody. So it makes sense. You know, Johnny's being the kiss up, chicken shit heel and it works for him. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, the Tornado Tag Match. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. This was match of the night. I fucking loved this match. The Tornado Rules. The chemistry. The double team moves. I felt like I was watching a tag team try to beat another tag team. This is how tag team wrestling should be fucking done. And it was done well. I'd say the only real issue we had with this match was it's a little spot monkey at times, but I can get past it. Um, the ta- the announce desk, the table doesn't break when they tried to like, you know, powerbomb them on there. I hate when that happens when the table doesn't break. I say if you're going to put somebody, if you're going to powerbomb somebody onto the announce table, it should fucking break. Otherwise, don't do it. But in the end, uh, Ciampa locks Drake in a Fujiwara armbar. Thatcher grabs Drake's leg and locks in the ankle lock. And Drake taps out. Love the double submission finish. I think they need to use that as often as possible. Because it establishes them as badass motherfuckers. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, this was the main event of the evening. And it was very well fucking done. This was a kick-ass, wonderful episode of NXT. And hopefully this uh, rivalry is over and done with. We don't have to worry about it anymore. And we can just move on with the rest of our lives and see where these tag teams go from here. But overall, great episode of NXT. Uh, It was a great uh, post-episode after the uh, In Your House pay-per-view. And NXT proved, once again, why they are, in my opinion, the best wrestling show on TV right now and why it's the only one that I will bother to watch from start to finish. Alright, and uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that will wrap up this recap of NXT. I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys are following the Boochcast on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site, follow us there, or be a true fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We got archived episodes of the show as well as great, amazing content for you guys to check out. Also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Check out the latest tweets, photos, and videos that are up there. We got great content always for you guys to check out. Also, 
make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the YouTube content we have on there. From Dark Side of the Ring to watch parties to skits. We have a, a D&D one shot that we did that's up there. You guys can check it out. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified. So you never miss any additional Boochcast YouTube content. Including new episodes of Boochcast Reviews. Dark Side of the Ring coming soon. We're going to be doing our reviews of the Brian Pillman episodes. Uh, the Ultraviolence of Nick Gage. The Collision in Korea. The Ultimate Warrior. The Smith Family. Uh, the Shadow of Grizzly Smith. And of course, The Dynamite Kid. All coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. Also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. As well as our live Boochcast D&D show that is coming soon. Our next watch party will be August the 21st for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you guys check it out. It's going to be fucking awesome. And of course, support the show by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support and become a supporter of the Boochcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. It will allow us to upgrade our equipment. It will allow us to bring in bigger name guests that require to be paid to be interviewed. Uh, also, it will allow me to take care of all the guys who work really hard behind the scenes. The more money we raise, the more I can pay the guys who take care of this show, the co-hosts, everybody. Anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is the best way to do it. We have three different tiers that you can donate to. Now, we don't have prizes for them yet, but if you contribute now whichever section you're on once we get the prizes established for each section if you're already contributing we will send a prize to you the second we decide what they are so don't think if you contribute now you won't be eligible for the prize you will be eligible for the prize whether you do it now or whether you wait until we announce what the prizes are but here are the three sections you can contribute to. First, you can be a supporter for 99 cents a month. That's the minimum. Just 99 cents a month. $1 a month. And you are helping us keep this show going. The second option is you can contribute for $4.99 a month. So basically, the price of a Peacock subscription will help support this show. So rather than wasting your time with Peacock, because we already know the special treat to go see the pay-per-views anyway, um, send that $4.99 over here where it'll be put to better use. And finally, you can support the show for a mere $9.99. That's right. For the price of a WWE Network subscription, you can support the Boochcast. And let's be honest, if you live in the United States, you don't even have the network anymore, so you got nothing to do with that $9.99. So take the money away from that network subscription, put it over here to the Boochcast, help us grow this podcast, and put that money to better use. Because unlike the WWE, we actually know what the fuck we're doing over here, and we put out content that's actually entertaining. So those are your options. Show your support. We greatly appreciate it. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu.
you. And you. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.